Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. Hello and welcome to the show. A great show, a terrific show, a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. Ask anyone. It's actually illegal to listen to this show if you ask CNN. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host Rebecca, blonde. Welcome. You haven't been assassinated yet. That's nice. Not yet. I'm still waiting, though. Yeah. The night is young. They're on their way. <laughs> uh, we've got a packed show for you tonight. Uh, discussing the parade of accusers that Donald Trump is facing. So numerous, in fact, it's starting to make Bill Cosby blush, I'm told. <laughs> we will discuss uh, some of the notable findings in the Podesta emails as well. Uh, as well as some hilarious media reaction to it that I just referenced. CNN apparently uh, doesn't quite understand the rules of some of these things. Uh, and we'll talk about this attack on Blonde and her family. Some newspaper <laughs> has the called you The Riverfront Times. Yeah, which the is totally fine. But um, And I actually, I think the, the critical piece is hilarious. And I wish more people would do this to us. But the targeting of your family... Less, arguably less hilarious. Depends on who you ask. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get into that. And actually, later in the show, we'll give the Riverfront Times a call as well. I don't expect anyone to pick up, but I'm going to give them a call, leave them a voicemail. We'll see what happens. Anyway, it'll be all this and more in your favorite hour of listening material. Uh, thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's Beauty and the Beta at gmail.com and remember there's a lot more of the show on the audio platforms itunes soundcloud podbean stitcher subscribe to those to get free bonus audio shows and also the new call-in shows we've been doing on wednesday nights they're live on youtube if you can't catch them live they're over on the audio platforms you can listen back to them and this week uh since the debate is on wednesday night at our normally scheduled time nine eastern we are going to uh, going to do a very special live call-in show right after the debate so that'll be about 11 Eastern. You can call us up, share your thoughts on the debate. Hopefully another resounding Trump victory. Who knows? We'll see what happens. And uh, then everybody will say that Hillary won or will that Donald <laughs> Trump won except for CNN. Right, right. Three so, so that'll be right after the debate on Wednesday night. That's exciting. But uh, on with the show, I want to lead with the Trump accusers, which was the last video I made. Um, and I... <laughs> I don't know what to think of these people because I, there are some there are a lot of people out there who think, you know, they can find a lot of pieces of evidence that to to completely debunk the claims that the accusers are making. Right. I don't think there's any proving or disproving any of the claims, and that I believe to be intentional. That's oh, yeah. the, part yeah. of the genius of it. They were nebulous, but, like across the board. Right, and they're decades ago. You're never going to find a photo. You're never going to find a video. You're never going to find any record of any of it. Uh, police, courts, any of that stuff. It's kind of like, well, I told my friend and my friend remembers the conversation, that sort of thing. <laughs> Everything about this 
um, reeks of coordination, reeks of planning, reeks of perfect storm. It's everything's way too perfect in Hillary's favor for it not to be the case that this has been planned and coordinated for quite some time. Just to give you an idea, if you have, if you haven't seen the reports of this, apparently you don't watch any mainstream media sources because it's wall to wall Trump accusers, or at least it was a couple days ago. But yeah. to recap the accusers here, uh, Jessica Leeds was the first one who came out with the New York Times and says, on a plane in 1980, I got bumped into first class and octopus man Donald Trump put up the, the armrest, which there aren't any in first class, but don't worry about that. An octopus man was feeling me up for 15 minutes, touching everything, kissing everything. And she says she didn't get that uncomfortable while he was up top. It wasn't until he moved up her skirt that she really objected. Um, this apparently lasting for 15 minutes, uh, no witnesses. This, apparently the flight attendants didn't have a problem with this. Nobody seems to be able to corroborate this story, but it happened. So says Jessica Leeds. In addition to her, uh, as part of that same New York Times story, Rachel Crooks, who at the time, uh, this was 2005, she was working as a receptionist for a company at Trump Tower when Trump allegedly forcibly kissed her. And then you have a couple of accusers who say Trump did the same thing at Mar-a-Lago, a Florida estate, in 03 and 05. And then you have a bunch of pageant accusers, beauty pageant contestants who say he came into the dressing rooms at inappropriate times. I think there's additional allegations of inappropriate touching with at least one of the pageant contestants. <laughs> so this is where we are. Decades old uh, accusations. Wasn't that octopus line lifted from some other false accusation a few years ago? And then I also it's heard it's actually that it's a, velvet underground. a velvet underground. Yeah, it's a velvet underground lyric, which... <laughs> That's you know, gotta be a point, coincidence. Why would they do that? Well, people point that out, and I do think it's important, but you shouldn't leap to the conclusion that it invalidates the accusation because, you know, maybe it happened and you listened to the Velvet Underground and you like that line, right? And you use it. it it's a weird coincidence, but it doesn't invalidate. Uh, the accusation. But that, again, I think that's part of the genius of this. There is no validating or invalidating. It's simply, a, do you trust these women or Trump more? That is what this plant is. And it if you're so target... transparent, who's falling for this still? I know on oh. Daily Mail, it is like article 10 articles about Trump's accusers and then like one about a minor WikiLeaks in the Podestine. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if, it, if it's just a problem that you put forth that, and it's going to be a question of who do you trust more? Well, it, it's very, you you can bet that if you put this forward to like your average female voter, she's probably more inclined to trust the women than she is to trust Trump. And if women are the people that you need to convince, this does wonders. And I don't, I don't want to repeat everything that I'd said in my last video, but everything, I'll, I'll go through it quickly so people don't get it double, but everything about this is so calculated and so perfect. And why is that? It's because of a few things. There's just too many, there's too much convenience here. So the timing of all of this, let's remember the, the Trump bus tape comes out last week, as we discussed on last what week's day show. Was that? that came out on, I think it was Friday, a week before, uh, a week back from Friday. Okay. So, so the, nine the, days ago. Wow. Right. And so that comes out. And then the, the interesting thing to me was all these publications and people on the, on the Hillary side calling it sexual assault. And we talked about that last week. Why the hell are they calling it sexual assault? There's no victim here. They clearly are they just laying the groundwork. Is that, is that it? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and isn't that interesting? We saw and it come ben up Shapiro in the debate. Said this was going to happen. He called this. Yeah. 
I said yeah. that it was him being an asshole, but I think that he was just predicting that they already had this information and it was going to come out like as a, I don't know, but it sounds like he believes everything too. So, well, th this was clearly a setup and, and I don't know, I can't obviously provide proof that Anderson Cooper was, um, a, a participant in this, like a, a like they had colluded with Anderson Cooper to but make this happen. But we know that he's been in communication with the Clinton campaign. It's possible. And so when, when he asked at the top of the debate, you bragged about sexual assault. You realize that. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about? How could you read it that way? You get him on record to deny it. You get him on record to deny it. And then, of course, all of these accusers come out. And if, and Team Hillary's like, oh, whoa, no way. Excellent timing. Oh, we my didn't God. know about this tape. We didn't know about yeah. these accusers. So they all come out in this perfect synchronization. You could not have planned this timing any better for Hillary. And, we're, and she's... She wants us to believe it's all coincidence. It's all happenstance. So, okay, well, that's fine. Let's assume the timing is coincidence. It works out pretty damn well in Hillary's favor. What else works out pretty damn well? The geography of all of this. Oh, so you, you get this. You get this uh, national news uh, break with, with Jessica Leeds. Okay, then Rachel Crooks. Where's Rachel Crooks live? Bowling Green, Ohio. You get all the local coverage in Ohio. Uh, the Mar-a-Lago accusations. You get all the local coverage in Florida. Ohio and Florida break the map. He loses those two. It's over. It's over. And so it's very geographically convenient for Hillary. Uh, you know, none of these were in some uh, deep blue state or something. You know, it's yeah. interesting. And I know the one that happened with Rachel Crooks was actually at Trump Tower. But Rachel Crooks doesn't live there anymore, at least. So the coverage isn't going to happen there. Okay. And then, as we mentioned earlier, it's really convenient for that key demographic for Hillary. Really damn convenient. You need to convince women, suburban women. Hillary needs suburban women to counter Trump's lock on working class dudes. Simple as that. You want to conv convince the women? Sexual assault allegations that are he said, yeah. she said can never prove anything. Oh, yeah. That's a great way. And Hillary's good at it too. Like during one of her preliminary speeches, and my mom was totally against her and then heard the speech and she's like, you know, I just really want to see a woman president before I die. And I was like, <laughs> what? What? You, she just can get into women's brains and just boggle their brains and short circuit them until they vote emotionally. They just yeah. vote emotionally. This and, is perfect for them. Everything about this was so damn coincidental. I will happily, uh, admit to being wrong and and you know if, if, if evidence comes out to substantiate all of this oh, i was yeah, wrong so yeah. trump's a scumbag i'll reconsider who i'm supporting if that's but true. i don't but, think they'd be holding back evidence when they came out with the accusations they would really yeah. try to hit them with this when they had all the media coverage like oh these people said this and here's all the evidence they're not going to like wait until two news cycles later yep. and they'd be like oh by the way there's this evidence this and that's my that's my problem with it too even let's give these women all the benefit of the doubt as you know a lot of, of hillary people and a lot of um you know anti-sexual assault advocates and all these kind of people want you to do okay let's assume it's all true every single thing is true as claimed mm -hmm. well i clearly it's still more of a political motivation than it is like a, i was victim victimized i was a victim of sexual assault motivation um, if you didn't care enough to tell anyone at the time and you, and you tell them now decades right. later, it's about political expediency. And maybe right. you make the argument like, look, I didn't care until he was in position to become a political leader. And now that he's there, I'm uncomfortable. But he's always with been in a position of prominence. Before. Yeah. And, and why not in the primaries? Why not in the primaries? That's the other yeah. thing. We know yeah. that whoever held onto this tape 
is not just a Trump hater. This is a pro-Hillary person because the timing Definitely. of it is pro-Hillary. It's not to knock Trump out before he gets a chance. It's until yeah. the last possible moment. So, uh, well, I mean, I felt I, that way with the Trump tapes, too. I mean, Bill Bush, I, that's just too much of a coincidence for him to be a cousin and then for all the Bush family to come out and say that they're voting for Clinton and then this this tape be released. Like, there's just too much in-group stuff going on for me not to think that this is not all interrelated. Yeah, the, this, uh, and I don't know what to think about that because I think the same things, there's some people who think Billy Bush is the source um, for the reasons you described. Like, the Bushes are clearly not a fan of Trump. Um mm -hmm. But if that's the case, uh, the question still comes to me, why, why not bring this up when Jeb still had a chance? Why not knock out Trump when right. Jeb still had a chance? And Billy Bush lost his job at NBC. He took yeah. a hit for this. So maybe you just take one for the team, but he, he, he took damage for this too. What was uh, he even doing at NBC? I don't he, did, he did something on the Today Show, I think, or something in, I don't know. I, I can't stand listening to him. So Yeah, little guy. Um, what's my, oh, my favorite thing about this too, this is so out of hand that, uh, the Trump accusations are just flying everywhere. Everybody's got a Trump accusation. Of course, Buzzfeed, um, is covering, uh, Buzzfeed is covering all this, covering the pageant. A fifth teen beauty queen says Trump visited the dressing room. Oh my gosh. Trump is all over dressing rooms, spying on women, uh, you know, be acting inappropriately. And, and these, these accusations are so numerous that if you scroll down into the BuzzFeed article, here we go, share your Trump story. So just anybody, just anybody. Have you interacted with Donald Trump? What was your experience? How can we reach you to hear more and discuss how we might confirm the account? So uh, I just wanted to share this so people have an idea. It's linked in the description if you want to share your Trump experience with BuzzFeed, as I will right now. Uh, he confirmed my consent several times before grabbing my pussy uh and yeah go ahead and email me that's matthewlchristensen at gmail.com i look forward to um to hearing it or hearing from a buzzfeed representative uh about confirming my my story but i mean was well, that a joke on for buzzfeed i don't are no they, it's real are they serious I mean, it's real and, and I've looked at other articles too, and it even has, um, like an email, uh, do you have a Trump story email? Like this news editor at buzzfeed.com. I mean, uh, we're taking all stories corroborated <laughs> or not. If you have a story that you've made up, we will take that too. Or a well, dream. We'll take there's, those. There's certainly believability in volume. And I, I, like I was watching Bill Maher again, Friday night. Don't know why can't stand your show anymore. It's nothing but <laughs> shilling for Hillary, but I, you know, I put it on when I'm editing a video and stuff. So I'm watching Bill Maher's show and there's, he's making the point with Ann Coulter, uh, well, you believe the Cosby accusers, right? What's the difference? Because there's a million Cosby accusers. So if you get a million Trump accusers, is it just the volume that makes the difference? Uh, uh, so do you I don't know. I don't think so, because all of those women had uh, similar stories, didn't know each other. And I still would like more evidence in the Cosby case. I'm sure there are a few liars amongst the many that I'm sure are telling yeah. the truth. And, I Trump mean, is to not me, like that. To me, also, the there trickle was no political motivation to do right. that to Bill Cosby. Everybody loved Bill Cosby's. Everybody's, you know, everybody. There's friend. no, there was no, there's no clear incentive. Right, right. Especially but, you know, uh, when most of them are the after. Election, yes, exactly. There's yeah. a clear incentive here, and to your point, like that slow trickle with Cosby, it is conceivable to me 
that one acute if, it, if it's true that there were this you know a whole series of sexual assaults if one came forward that could start a snowball effect of other victims right. that does make sense to me in this case we just had f- four five six of them like aha the trump signal is up and it's time to come forward <laughs> after my decades of silence yeah. all in perfect synchronization in this coordinated media I know, I know. release what, what there's is, just no way I mean, it, it they must think yeah. we're pretty stupid, but we must be pretty stupid because, you know, there are all sorts of single feminist millennials that are like, oh, my God, what a terrible man. Yeah. They're all crying. Yeah. We can't believe we're going to do this. What Meanwhile, they're crying. Well, you know, they can't find like uh, a suitable boyfriend either, like a boyfriend yeah. will <laughs> show a little assertiveness, um, you know, <laughs> we cultivate a whole generation of beta males, of which I am apparently the poster child. But, uh, no. you know, you, you, kind of a, a gap between what they say they want and you know the way it works out yeah but they don't understand their own biology and this is what's confusing women about donald trump they're attracted to him because he is an alpha male that seems like he gets shit done and yeah. they feel guilty about it because they want to hate him they think he's a sexual predator um they're overcompensating here yeah so that i mean that's about all i have to say on this um you know, like I said, if evidence comes out, I will adjust my opinion and I can't, I, you won't That's catch right. me saying that these are hundred percent false either because you can't, you can't say they're false. However, I will always say the burden of, of evidence, the burden of proof lies on the person making the affirmative claim. If you're going to accuse someone, it's on you to provide the evidence. Otherwise my right. default position is skepticism. Sorry. Yeah. And we know the evidence doesn't exist because uh, they definitely would have come forward with everything that they have against Trump right now. I mean, they are in a dire situation right now. Uh, I wouldn't be holding anything back if I were on Clinton's campaign, especially if I had something that would detonate the Trump campaign. I'd yeah. be like, take it. Here's everything. Go. I'll be really interested to see. Um, you know, I don't watch the, the mainstream morning news or evening news for information anymore. I just watch it with like a skeptical eye to see what they're covering. Yeah. So I can't wait to tune in tomorrow morning. Does this still get play or is it already blown over? It's possible it's already blown over. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and the related story, because it's it's at the same time here, and the, these two kind of scandals against either campaign, um, is the Podesta emails, which I know you spent a lot of time looking into. Um, um, I spent a lot of time looking through uh, one and two, but then I have this doxing is- incident, which has kind of wiped out the last three days. I did a little research before, but I have a lot of people um, working on it for me right now for my next segment, and I'm going to do a connection with Russia and how that's been treated in the Podesta emails. So. That's to come. But I did read through a few of them today that I was like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. Do you want to talk about those? Yeah, for sure. Um, I did a piece on the media collusion. and What I found was unreal. It was like every media outlet was implicated. MSNBC, you know, CNN, Anderson Cooper, I believe, was like directly implicated. And is a uh, producer, Jennifer Duck, uh, Daily Mail, New York Daily News, um, Boston Globe, The Standard, Bloomberg. It was unbelievable. I was like, when I you say not- when you say implicated, so they were. Especially the New York Times, but they were sending pieces saying, this is what we're going to place tomorrow. We need approval. And then there was like a response. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a response between Cheryl Mills or some two of the Clinton um, staffers or something. It wasn't Cheryl Mills. Um, And they're saying, are we going to work this on our end? Like they have worked a million stories on on their end and worked collaboratively with the New York Times uh, to place these pieces. And there was a lot of stuff specifically implicating uh, how they were going to hit Bernie when, what they were going to do, where they were going to place it. It was like media collusion I've never seen. I encourage everybody to dig through the WikiLeaks. Just go through and start keyword searching um, all the media outlets, and you are not going to believe what you what you are going to find. It's like, it blows my mind that this is not 
you know, oh, Trump, grab her by the pussy, but nobody's talking about this huge media collusion. It's like, oh, what is going I, on? I would definitely caution people against looking into the, um, <laughs> into the, into the, <laughs> into the Podesta emails. Here's why. Uh, listen to Chris Cuomo on CNN. Also interesting is remember, it's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. And in full disclosure, let's take a look at what is in there and what it means. Joining us now, CNC. <laughs> so I love that. First off, uh, he, might, he might be technically right. Uh, you were saying there is, it might be technically illegal to possess the emails. As far as I know, there's nothing right. incriminating about reading them. No. But I love, I love the line of like, Listen, it's different for the media. So never mind the fact that we are implicated in this email leak. Trust us to cover it for you. you know, know. That, that's CNN. What, what, what in God's name is this? And all I've seen is that 15 second clip that's circulating. So maybe there's more context. Uh, I'm not aware, but I thought I that was really funny. It's not illegal to read these emails, guys. It's illegal to probably download them. You can just go to the WikiLeaks website and keyword search, and it's pretty organized. So I don't know why you would want to download them. Why anyway. would you want to download them anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Why take the risk? So I can't figure out what CNN is after there, other than um, they're trying to trying put people to... off of the emails, of course. Right. Just discourage. But I love how this it like it tacitly admits that the emails are real. Because it says they were stolen. Well, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's interesting, too. Because for a little while, there's like, well, hey, we can't verify these as real. They might yeah. be fake. Oh, now by the way, it's illegal stolen. to look at them because they're stolen. Yeah. <laughs> I could just feel like this is a really desperate, you know, like like everything they're saying about Trump and all these sexual assault allegations and then this. I just feel like this is the media going all in with Hillary and they are just going to go down with the ship. Yeah. There's going to be no mainstream media if Hillary loses. People are going to fucking trust CNN after this shit. I, I think they're in deep trouble no matter who wins, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Fox even. I mean, the trends will continue mainstream down alternative media up. That's that's here to stay. That trend is staying. Yeah. Um, but you've got a lot of other interesting notes here that I wanted to touch on. So sure. I think I saw this, but maybe you have more information on it. Hillary knew she was taking money from the same people funding ISIS. Uh, yeah, I didn't, um, I don't remember the specifics on this email, but a few good people covered it. I think Stefan Molyneux did, but she was, uh, obviously well aware that Saudi and, uh, money from Qatar that she was getting, that they were also funding ISIS, uh, like blatantly aware, like there's just no two ways about it reading the yeah, email. But. That's interesting. And that's a good, cause I, I've not spent a lot of time in, um, the emails cause I'm doing what they want me to do, which is digging into the, the right. accusers. <laughs> Sorry, you know, uh, full full disclosure, I applaud all of you doing the email work because it is important. There's a it lot is, of interesting stuff in there. I find it very dry and I, I, I have a hard time sitting down to do that. I appreciate everyone who's doing it. I don't think it's a non-issue. I just don't want to do it. You guys do it. I it's appreciate really it. It's really boring but. and I really appreciate it too. And I'm sorry I haven't been communicating with you guys that much on it. I've just been really disruptive the last few days. But Which I think people into. have come out with some really good stuff. I hope you get swatted on the air. I hope... <laughs> Uh, courtesy Did of you the see that people thought that times. I thought that SWAT teams were coming to my house? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no, that's not what SWATing is, idiots. Yeah, yeah. Um, what you said, though, I from the little bit of time I have spent looking at the emails, there's a couple that caught my eye. Let me find the one. Okay, so this one was really interesting. Talking about foreign influence and who's funding whom and Saudi connections to ISIS and all this stuff. So there's this one. Um the the original question at the bottom of this leak here 
Uh, let me find it. We really need a policy decision on this uh, soon, whether we are allowing those lobbying on behalf of foreign governments to raise money for the campaign or case by case. So this is someone from the Hillary campaign. Oh, this is Dennis Chang, the national finance director, saying, um, are we going to take money from campaign money from foreign lobbyists or not? And then Robbie Mook, the guy you see on, on TV all the time, Hillary's, I forget what his title is, campaign chair, campaign manager, one of the big ups. Take the money, double exclamation point, sent from Robbie Mook's iPhone. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about foreign influence. Just take the money. I mean, I don't care how much money it is. The idea that you're going to accept campaign uh, money from foreign interest and then potentially be beholden to foreign interest over U.S. interest, that makes me uncomfortable no matter who you are. And I'll say that with full disclosure. I don't know the extent to which foreign lobbyists might might fund other people's campaigns. I don't, maybe, maybe Trump has that too. For all I know, he probably doesn't, but maybe he does. I'm uncomfortable with it across the board. Oh, yeah. That's the, Ooh, I don't want that. I don't want foreign influence. In emails is, is just shocking. I just can't even, it makes me sick. Honestly, if we elect her legitimately, we don't deserve to save our own civilization. We just don't. Mm, yeah. I mean, if we care more about, um, octopus grabbings and 1980. I know, I know. Then like <laughs> war crimes and like legitimate rapes, then fine, America. Yeah. I mean, I don't know this country anymore if that's what we do. Um, so what's the bit about Chelsea Clinton? There's a note here that Chelsea Clinton was basically oh, a big C I watched C a little word. bit today on this. Um, but Chelsea Clinton, uh, I guess she started to realize that there was a lot of illegal dealings in the Clinton Foundation. So she wanted to tighten up Clinton Foundation regulation on how they deal with uh, financial conflicts of interest. And then she was just eviscerated by the staff. And one of the staff... Um, wrote to Podesta saying she was a spoiled brat and, uh, you know, calling her an ingrate and a bunch of other things. But I think that she was just trying to do the right thing in that regard. But then there's another thread of emails about how Chelsea was so hard to work with that it nearly drove this woman to suicide. Jesus Christ. She said yeah. that? Yeah. And she not jokingly? Call... I mean, is it No, is no, it hard... this, chick, um, this chick that was going to kill herself was like parked outside of a lake about to drive her car into the lake. And she called one of the staffers like to talk her off a ledge. She's like, I can't work for the Clinton Foundation. I can't work for Chelsea. She's She's a fucking nightmare. Jesus, I I yeah. would hope there's so, like some something else. Maybe there's more context there. around that. Yeah. Maybe the person was you know getting divorced or I I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know who it was or anything like that. But that email was in the in the Podesta leaks. Um, lots of evidence that Cheryl Mills knew about the private server. That's interesting. Yeah, and that's something I haven't dug into, but I did hear that there is a series of emails. I think in the Podesta eight drop or maybe seven. Um that does corroborate that they were aware of the private server, even though they've lied. As Cheryl Mills just straight up lied about, about knowing what, about what's it. her title again or what's her um, position? I can't remember, but she did. Um, she was at the hearing for Benghazi hmm. uh, and she's an attorney, but she's like been really been on Hillary's staff for a long time. Secretary of intelligence or something like secretary that. Secretary of lies, secretary <laughs> of coverups. Yeah. Uh, it's a very important position in the Hillary administration, which she's in line for. Uh, okay. And then item five you got here, uh, which I just find. <laughs> I'm, I'm apprehensive to mention this because it makes me seem insane, but I'm. Well, you're not the only one. We, well, let's, let's qualify it appropriately. It's interesting, but you don't have to be full. You don't have to be fully into it. You don't have to yeah. endorse it. I did ask my boyfriend what wet works meant though. And he goes, Oh, that means uh whacking somebody. And I was like, like killing them. And he's like, yeah. And then and I read an the email and he was he, like, you're reading too much into this. You're being crazy. So, but he, Oh, I, I didn't know that was as common of a term. Well, explain, explain for the audience. So people so might the not email be said, um, I think almost verbatim, but they mentioned wet works. And then they say, um, something about the wet works at the vineyard pool party. 
And Scalia was found dead at a ranch right uh, adjacent to a vineyard that had a pool. I mean, and wet works is uh, like a military term for assassinating somebody. Uh, apparently, that's very well known. I asked my boyfriend. He knew right away before I had divulged the contents of this email. So that is really cryptic to me. And this was three days before Scalia was found dead. Um, but also, he was an old man. And this sounds highly conspiratorial. And it makes me sound insane. So, But, well, okay. well I'll indulge. Again, conspiracy theories are fun to indulge in. And if there's any time to, to dive headfirst into them, it's this election season. Because how many conspiracy theories have been validated? Tons. The, the, the Hillary's health thing. Remember how up our ass everybody was about oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Hillary herself called the email uh, issue itself a conspiracy last fall on, on Meet the Press before the FBI investigation. Even that was a yeah. conspiracy theory to her. There are um, mysterious elements of Scalia's death. I believe his body was found with a pillow over his face if I'm correct. Um, I'm, yes, and I might not I be, I haven't, I haven't read about this in a long time. And then the other thing is to my, I believe it's true that there was no autopsy ever performed. That is also true. Yeah. But I also don't know why they would do it. The timing seemed like it wasn't going to help anybody. Yeah. Um, the only thing that's missing from this conspiracy theory for me to be more interested in it is what would be the motive? Because like when, when you messaged yeah. me about it, it was like, well, everything was, I mean, gay marriage was decided by then. Uh, Obamacare was upheld by then all the things that like, um, opponents of Scalia would want him to be away for, to have no influence in deciding were already decided in their favor. Mostly. Right. I mean, it's not right. like they still, they liked him, but the big things of, of consequence were already gone and he lost. So I would, and maybe there's something that I'm missing that was coming. I, I don't know. Also, but he I, was old and unhealthy, right? I don't know if he was unhealthy. I mean, he was um, pretty fat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but wasn't he in his seventies, like maybe like mid to late? How yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the other interesting thing is as soon as this election's over, you're going to see a huge turnover on the court. I mean, G I Ginsburg is just like Crazy hanging old. on by a finger waiting yeah, for Hillary her. to win so she can retire. I know. I know. And, um, I mean, you might see a bunch of, uh, I've, I've read, um, people predicting that Hillary could appoint up to four, up to four justices. What a nightmare that so. would be. I'm not um, you know, actually prepared for dealing with a Hillary presidency. I if you're a fan of the Bill of Rights, something to think about. Something yeah. to think about. Okay. Uh, so that was the Scalia thing. Uh, there was only one other email that I found, but I think it's actually from a previous drop. But I just thought it was interesting. I don't think it's actually Podesta. Um, this is a previous drop, but I hadn't seen it before. So I just thought it was interesting and shareworthy on the topic of emails. This is, um, have you seen this yet? That the, the Hillary camp, or no, the DNC was making... Uh, fake Craigslist ads for Trump jobs. And I can't tell if they were trying to actually pass them off as legitimate or if they were just doing it to troll, to like make jokes. But yeah, like they, uh, Mark and Lewis Digital created fake Craigslist jobs posts for women who want to apply to jobs um, one of, at one of Trump's organizations. Um, let's see here. Seeking staff members for multiple positions in a large New York-based corporation known for its real estate investments, fake university stakes and wine. See, if they're going to say that, that to me just means they're like making jokes. I think people yeah. are taking this more seriously than it's supposed to be. But the boss has very strict standards for female employees ranging from um, women who take lunch orders, parentheses, must be hot, to women who oversee multi-million dollar construction uh, projects must maintain hotness demonstrated at time of hiring. <laughs> And they go into like, we're going to weigh you and we're going to, you know, constantly evaluate for, uh, for hotness and all this stuff. I uh, think this, this might've so been stupid. just them trolling on Craigslist as opposed to trying to actually pass it off as legit. Yeah. So when people are saying like, 
oh, they were they were actually trying to, to trick people into thinking Trump is sexist. I don't know. It seems so far to me that it's like just a gag, probably. But maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, oh, the only other thing I had on the emails, because um, we kind of talk about these in juxtaposition to each other, the, the Trump accusers and the emails, because they are uh, simultaneous events and the media's got to choose uh, the proportion with which to cover each of them. This was from last week. Um, let's find here. This is media time on some evening news last week. Uh, Trump versus WikiLeaks. So ABC News, nine minutes on Trump, 30 <laughs> seconds on WikiLeaks. NBC, similarly, nine minutes on Trump and the accusers, no mentions of WikiLeaks. And CBS, five minutes on Trump, 26 seconds on WikiLeaks. Um, it's not unbelievable. I don't know why I even say that. It's totally believable. They're just trying to follow the law. <laughs> so, okay, so there's that. Um, and that's not to say that it should be skewed the other way. Uh, I, I am of the opinion that the Trump accusers are smoke and mirrors, mm-hmm. but... I'm also not going to say that the media should ignore it entirely. I, I would like to see a little more equity in this. I would also say if if you're kind of considering which of these matter, which it's not likely that our audience is, but maybe someone out there is a little less, uh, uh, maybe a little more undecided. One of these, like th- these emails are a window into how Hillary has governed and presumably how she will yeah, govern. Yeah, yeah. And, and then like on a larger scale, just seeing how everything is so meticulously orchestrated, every detail of her persona, like it just shows if, even if one email is not a bombshell with their, which there are, you know, hundreds of bombshells that she is unprincipled. She doesn't have any principles. What she believes is what's going to make her more electable. And that's it. She has no sense of morality. She's truly a heinous, morally bankrupt old hag. I mean, she cannot win. <laughs> we have to stop this. <laughs> We have to. Oh, my God. I'm, I, I'm not prepared for a Hillary presidency. I'm not. I, I yes, don't you are. You have stored food and you have guns and you. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, as per, I still live in a city center, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, wilderness bunker right out here. We'll we'll get to building uh, after maybe after Thanksgiving, after the holidays, after everything dives, uh, dies down. We'll pick a nice plot of land out in out in the you know national forest. We'll, you know. All the friends of the show who don't want to be here when the SJW apocalypse comes, you're welcome to come help us build our uh, Montana wilderness bunker. Yeah, I'm, really. I'm officially starting to plan because I, I, I expect that's what's going to happen. Honestly, the polls aren't looking great. I'm I'm less optimistic now about a Trump win than I was yeah. August, yeah. September. Oh, here's another thing that people are saying is conspiracy theory that we know is true is um this voter fraud that we've now seen footage oh, of from yeah. James O'Keefe. Yeah, it's like they're out there saying that they bust people to polling stations to commit voter fraud outright says so that there's more Democrats. Um, yeah. And and people are like, oh, saying that there's voting fraud. You guys are conspiracy theorists. You're so crazy. It's like, what? what? watch this video. Yeah. And I used to be kind of on that train. Uh, well, I would just I, I used to think um kind of had the same attitude about voter fraud stuff as I do about these Trump accusations. Like it is a problem in theory but I need to see some evidence to substantiate it. Yeah. This is pretty clear. Uh, I don't have I that know. footage queued up, but if you haven't seen it, that yeah, it's uh, it's undercover footage. It's somewhere in New York and it's a New York city commissioner or election commissioner um, outright saying, yeah, we, we bust people into to vote uh, illegally. And Unreal. that's, that's kind of interesting to think about. 
who knows who knows if voter fraud will be an issue or not in the upcoming elections possible but th- there's a lot of revealing stuff that he had um, beyond just that there was also he they had some undercover footage at a Russ Feingold fundraiser in Wisconsin where he talks about how Hillary will use executive orders to uh, to create stricter gun control and there and at one point in there someone even mentions like we just want to do away with guns basically <laughs> like we just want to get rid of them and Hillary will use every yeah. uh, every ounce of executive authority that she has anyway you had a nice segue there with moral bankruptcy uh, and questionable ethics. And that is the theme with which I want to transition into our next piece. So um, uh, sometimes I hear Steven Crowder say, we just comment on the news around here. We don't really make the news. Rarely there is an exception. And for us, you know, so every once in a while, you know, we're gonna make it after <laughs> all. That's how here I feel about this. It. Yeah. Rejected by your hometown. Although, what did, what did I expect? I mean, okay. people are really fiercely attached to their hometowns. Do you want to give a brief rundown of your what happened? And I will sure, go through sure. and kind of t- give some some more factual colors to this. If you follow me on Twitter, you're probably sick to death of this. But I like, let, I won't Let me pull up the article, too, while you describe it. Um, so on Friday, I believe, uh, I started getting like floods of calls at like 7am from people that I haven't talked to in like five years. I'm like, what is going on here? Oh, and then I see that there's a riverfront times article about me. That's just like, a, it's like a blog type hit piece. It says fucking it. And it calls me a moron. It's not like, you know, somebody really discredited me. Um, which is all fine. Uh, but then I got in contact with the, um, author on Twitter and he had kind of enlisted people to find out my last name from my high school. Um, he wanted people in St. Louis to like be like, this is her first and last name. So he got the answers that he wanted from the comments. And then he went and did a little bit of research on me and my family. And then he tweeted out my last name, um, my father and my brother's name and their occupation so that they would get trolled. And I immediately retweeted it. Um, my friend, friend of the show, Brian Proctor, um, reported it to Twitter. Uh, but we were not able to document that initial tweet. And so I retweeted it and said, like, this guy just doxed my um, my family. Um, and then Daniel Hill, who's the author of the article, immediately deleted that tweet, although I did get him admitting to me that he did this. So we have that proof. Um, immediately deleted that tweet. And then after the onslaught of my subs going after him on Twitter, he deleted his Twitter account. So that's pretty much where we are now. I mean, he's also scrubbed all the comments that he wrote um, in the article that he wrote about me. And then... I've been getting these threats on YouTube saying that I have 72 hours to make a video saying that I lied about Daniel Hill's doxing or my family's social security numbers and all their personal information will be released. So yeah. that's supposed to happen. And then it said at the end, we are legion. We are anonymous. Which is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why anonymous would go after me. Yeah. They've got no gripe with me. So, Riverfront Times is a tiny little magazine and they doxed me. They weren't even like a shit stand on my radar <laughs> before yeah. they made a hit piece on me and then doxed my family. And, um, so and, there's no way anonymous is going after me. It's definitely this guy, Daniel Hill, that's trolling me. Um, I think we can bring that up. Yeah. So I've got one of the, I, I, I guess these threats have been posted. It's more than simply one threat posted to your YouTube channel. It's right? been a this few. Is, yeah. Okay. So the, so what this has is hello, Rebecca, your full name, your date of birth, your place of birth, your degree. You used to live in New Jersey once. As you can see, you have been doxxed additional information. We have unearthed includes your phone number, court record, social security number, email address, employment history, and current street address. 
as well as complete address history. We have similarly complete information on your immediate family. So you can either tell your legion of beta fag orbiters. So they're mad at you for uh, being a quote racist moron, but they get to be homophobic. I know. <laughs> call you, call everyone beta fag, beta fag orbiters to fuck off with the doxing of Daniel Hill. Or you can expect, by the way, we have not encouraged or nobody I know has doxed him, tried to dox yeah, him. We have not encouraged. Yeah, don't dox him because, um, I'm not going to say because we're going to take the moral high ground because I don't really believe in that. you got to fight dirty if somebody's going to go after you. Um, but don't dox him because I don't really want to deal with this longer than I have to. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, and it's just morals. not... It, it, the, <laughs> Uh, the, the, the threat goes on. We are, you have 72 hours to post a video and do what we say, or we're, we're going to out you. Um, you have until midnight on October 18th, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like, like you were saying, I don't see any reason to, to do any kind of targeted harassment like they're doing. I wish more people would write articles like this about us. By the way, you can read the article. It's not linked in the description just yet. I'll get it linked in there later. Sorry about that. But it, there's no argument in there. It just, it quotes uh, blonde video and then, and then it's then it like tries to rip apart American Renaissance. And then it, it cites, uh, the Southern poverty law center saying <laughs> yeah. that like American Renaissance is a racist. I don't know. It's just all the same hip. Like she's such a racist moron. What a racist, what a racist. Yeah. Oh my God. She's so racist. That's it. No, literally so, like, because I wasn't upset by that. I thought he thought he was going to scare me. And I know writers at the riverfront times. Um, so this is really disappointing. They should have stopped this. Like we have a family yeah. friend who writes for the riverfront times. I don't know why she wasn't like, Oh, uh, you know, Rebecca's brother is my friend. Stop this. Yeah. So quote, I mean, quote your video and then say, again, she is stupid. Um, um, you know, quote your video, you dipshit. Uh, <laughs> and then it's full of all this, like in any other context would be misogynistic language. Um, yeah, like it's fine to totally attack me. And I'm seeing a lot of this from, uh, people in my high school talking about me on Facebook too. Like, Oh, she used to be so nice. What happened to her? And then it's like girls that had abortions in high school. And they're like, Oh my God, she was so nice. It's just so sad to see her like this. I'm like, you yeah. sucked the baby out of your womb. You bitch. Like these people, what is wrong with all these people? This is insane to me. So you grew up in St. Charles County, right? Becky. Can we call you Becky? Becky with the blonde hair goes to rattle off a list of crime. It's just, it's all these like cheesy little ad hominems. And you know, this is fine. Okay. That's fine. If I don't yes, think that your writing style is right good. Here. I don't, I don't if, think it's great. If he would have stopped with the article then it would have ended right there. But until he put out my personal information that he obviously wrote this article to find out who I was and so that he could dox me. Yeah. I mean, until he did that, you know, I, I would have just been like, Oh, some douchebag with no readership. And, and I, uh, as soon as, smear piece on me. as soon as I saw this, I tweeted at him and I tweeted at Riverfront times. Love to have you on the show. Let's talk about yep. it. And so they, he deleted his Twitter and then uh, a few hours later, they retweeted the article and it said, Becky, you are every comment section in articles about St. Louis. But they refused to comment on doxing my family. They refused yep. to comment on uh, Daniel Hill removing his Twitter account um, and scrubbing all of his comments. Um, but they still have time to retweet me and to dox my, fa dox my family. It's yeah, unbelievable. And, and they won't comment on that and they won't comment on the uh, on their article itself you absolutely rip us to shreds when we are wrong we need to be called out as wrong just like anybody else does right, and i right. love that and i'm willing to host anybody who is of that persuasion uh but there's something else at play here because they won't defend their their arguments they won't be intellectually honest about this but right. then there's there's something even more personal so um if you go i don't think into, i've ever met this guy though yeah well i just mean there's something about him he he has something he's mad about you in particular because if you it's look because people are 
fiercely defensive of St. Louis and they know that what I'm saying is true. I mean, St. Louis, uh, if you are looking at the most depopulation from the peak, uh, St. Louis is number one in the entire country of cities. Uh, the Rams left. There's no industry. Budweiser was bought by InBev. Um, yeah. It's a shitty city filled with crime. And the entire world can look at Ferguson and be like, wow, this is a suburb of St. Louis. Look at this shithole. Look at this shithole city with with all these bad things going on. So these people, they, they're so attached to it because of the Cardinals and because of growing up in the city and it's, it's old money there. So they have a visceral reaction to being criticized. And this is exactly how high school was. It's how Mizzou was. It's how people from St. Louis always have been. It's what I knew was going to happen when I made the video. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is this is the music editor at the Riverfront Times. He has this one post on Blonde. And then everything after that is um, music, 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 music's coming to town. Hey, you see this show? It was pretty good. Look at this music that's coming to town. Music, music. And then this one, this one um, reveals self as racist moron. It hates uninhabitable, uninhabitable hellhole. Why? Why? I, I guess maybe your theory is right that it's just this this um, instinctual defense of St. Louis and that's yeah. why he's pissed. I mean, it's but, hard to like watch your city go into an irredeemable place. Like, St. Louis is like Detroit. Like, we're not going to start rebuilding the infrastructure of St. Louis. It's too racially divided. It's too poor in certain areas. And I said this before. I did not grow up in St. Louis City. I grew up in the county, which is what my intro was. I grew up in the wealthy part of the county. Um, and I was talking about how segregated and divided the city is. And that's one of the biggest problems with St. Louis. Yeah. And you guys would probably agree on that if you had a conversation, which we would love to host. Yeah, I know. And so I'm trying to bring up all these problems about St. Louis, talk about the nuclear family and the black community, how the black community can improve, how can there, there can be less crime. And then people from St. Louis and people that I went to high school with, knowing that, that what I'm saying is true, come out of the woodworks and they're like, let's find this bitch and fuck her and her family up. <laughs> like, what about what I was talking about? What about what I said about St. Right. Louis? Everything and I said was true. Well, and, and that's, it's true. Even if you ask, um, the riverfront times, let me grab that here. Oh, do I not have that? Oh, here it is. Hold on. Uh, according to the riverfront times, St. Louis has the highest murder rate in the nation. <laughs> I don't mean, maybe they don't, uh, maybe they don't have the same pessimistic outlook that you do perhaps, but by their own admission, there is a violent crime problem in this city. But you know, for someone to point that out, on blunt terms, albeit on blunt terms, but hey, that's your style. You you agree, your their publication and you agree that there's a serious problem here. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the problem. Oh my God. And part of the reason St. Louis has kind of slipped into this irreparable state is because this smug old money white population that's been there for generations refuses to admit that there's a problem. I mean, look at the reaction from this from what I said about St. Louis. If you watch the video, nothing I said was really that controversial outside of saying that the black people that I knew that were really successful, um, they moved basically to the white neighborhoods. Um, and not accepting this reality is not going to improve your city. I mean, it's just going to be hipsters like Daniel Hill, you know, writing in shitty newspapers, trying to get other poor, you know, untalented hipsters to move to their city. It's, it's like Detroit. This is exactly what's happening in Detroit. They're trying to get an artist community to come in there and stuff like that. But that's what the Riverfront Times does. Well, and that's why I'm going to call them and leave a voicemail. So uh, let's dial this in. Five, nine, six, six. Think anyone will pick up? It's after hours, I'm sure. But we'll go ahead and no. leave a voicemail for the Riverfront Times. See see if we Because I've emailed them. I've tweeted them. They, they won't talk to me. I've emailed the editor. I called Euclid Media Group, which is in Ohio, if you guys want to make contact with them. Um, I haven't called the Riverfront Times yet because I knew we were going to leave them a message. But I've emailed every person in the editor and nothing. But they can retweet me and they can dox my family. Let's yeah. see if Let's see if anyone picks up. 
Thank you for calling the Riverfront Times. We are currently closed. Please leave a message, and we will get back to you on the next business day. Thank you. Sorry, but the user's mailbox can't accept oh. more messages. Oh. I'm sorry. An error has occurred. Fuck off. Fuck right off. You can't hear it, but <laughs> we're sorry. The user's inbox is full. We can't. Maybe that's a good thing. I mean, maybe people have actually called them. Maybe that's why. I've got I had planned... 20 people telling me that they have around 20 people telling me that they God have God damn it. I, I spent time thinking about this and I tweeted out that I was going to do it. This was well, going to be. Well, you know be... Daniel Hill is going to watch this. So why don't you read the voicemail? Well, I mean, I had, I had, you can't do that. You can't do that. Fair enough. You know, <laughs> this is what I was going to do. I was going to give them an invitation to come on the show. I was going to yeah. ask them a few questions about, look, if you're willing to write this, surely you're, you're willing to defend it. Why would you write something you're not willing to stand behind? That's question one. Question two is, do you condone the personal targeting and harassment of, of family members, of people with whom you disagree? And then I was going to say, you're welcome to come on your show and talk about it. Daniel Hill, anyone from your publication, anyone. And we want anyone. an honest discussion, not just some hostile shit throwing fest. And then I was going to say, have a great night. Actually, have a bad night. Hope you get a flat tire. See you later. That was my plan, but it's not going to work. Anyway, I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> I mean, it's I, just crazy that they're going to write an article and then they're just going to go on a media blackout, except they're still going to like try to taunt me by retweeting me and stuff like that. It's like, you know, I have a show where I show my face and now I use my real name um, and I talk about issues that are controversial. If you're going to write a piece like this, then you better expect to yeah. um, to come onto somebody's show and talk to their faces about it. So, Daniel Hill, you are cordially invited on our show. We would love to discuss why you dox my father and my brother. Um and we want to talk about your publication when where to go from here because we can't allow this. I, I can't allow this yeah. to happen. So. Well, and this is the thing. I mean, they you talk about the doxing itself and we we're talking about this um, privately. And uh, part of the liberation of going by your real name is you deny them the circle jerk of finding out what your name is. Because yeah. I guarantee all these people did was someone in that comments, like you said, they knew who you were and they revealed your last name. And then someone Oh no, it was some girl that I went to middle school with and she's like, I know how privileged I am. I went to school with this girl yeah. and she's been judging people since elementary school. Here's her first <laughs> and last name. And so and he then, used that information. And, and I was then like, someone what's your did name? A, Why don't you tell me your name? Nothing yeah. Crooked. And then someone did a public record search. And if you have a yeah. first and last name, you can find everything they're describing. Previous addresses, um, yeah. criminal records, uh, all that sort of stuff. But uh, if I'm, something happens um, at midnight and like the social security number and stuff is released by brother and father and they lose income, um, then I believe, I've been contacted by a few attorneys and I believe that any loss of income subsequently went to that doxing um, because my name was not out before the Riverfront Times tweeted it, yeah. um, that we can bring that to the Riverfront Times and it could be a potential lawsuit. And, and how I much think of we a, might have a defamation case on our hands. And how much of a shame is that? Because I think like you, you don't want this like this, this stifling legal battle where their speech is then implicated. That's not what we want. You, no. If you want to write a hit piece about our show, about Blonde, about me, go right ahead. It would right have been ahead. game over if he would not have brought in my personal information and my family's information, which yeah. is something a journalist should never do. Although he is just a music editor at like a crappy tabloid yeah, magazine in a dying city. This, uh, I, I, given their um, ethical standards, apparent ethical standards, and just journalistic standards, to be honest, I would, I would not call this a professional publication. But No, I mean, the girl that I know um, from high school, she wrote that piece on Phyllis Schlafly, and you guys should read it. It is, like, so offensive. But Phyllis Schlafly was from St. Louis. She was a wonderful feminist who, who just did um, wonderful work her entire life. She did so much 
for, you know, anti-feminism. Um, but this girl that I went to high school with wrote this hit piece on her just the day after she died and put it in the Riverfront Times. But this is like, the, you know, this is the behavior of the left. This is how they act when people die. Um, oh. This is what happened when Scalia died. Really? Like, that is what happened you, you know? when Scalia died. And there's a couple things I wanted to get to. So we have um, three listener emails that I've been having to put on the back burner for a little while. So I want to get to those before we close. But the breaking news, did you see this? That the that the Trump or the GOP headquarters in North Carolina got Molotovved? Unless you have anything oh. more to say on the Riverfront Times. But no, no, this I'm is gonna... speaking of leftist violence and 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 uh tactics to silence people. Let me grab this article here. Um this is this happened last night, I think. So uh let me pull this up. Whoops. Okay, so uh local GOP office in North Carolina firebombed. Um, so what happened last night, uh, a GOP office in Hillsborough, North Carolina was firebombed overnight with a swastika and the words Nazi Republicans get out of town or else. Cause nothing says anti-fascist <laughs> like the violent silencing of your political opponents. Um, so this was spray painted on an adjacent building. According to local officials, the flammable substance appears to have ignited inside the building, burning some furniture and damaging, damaging the building's interior before going out. Apparently the office is a total loss. Uh, there's a couple pictures here. So they, they literally look about this. It happened. Yeah. It's just breaking now. And this speaking of, um, media interest and interest in how and what the media covers is, is this, national news in the morning it better it better be it better i mean this be. is political terrorism i mean i guess all terrorism is political but political violence the, i don't i don't understand how that's not going to be covered but i won't be surprised not to see it on the morning news i mean they can't stop the alternate media that's just the truth of the matter i mean sarinovich um, made twitter history he got millions and millions and millions of views last month like they just can't stop this wave of alternative media. Nobody trusts CNN. Nobody trusts the New York Times. You know, we're just not going to go back to these media outlets. Yeah. Why and, would and, you? When you can go on YouTube and you can find 50 people telling the truth uh, tailored to what you need to hear. It's it's crazy. And you'll still find mainstream media sources saying like, Mike Cernovich, a guy on Twitter. You know, they try to be like dismissive of him. <laughs> yeah. And things. Um, you mean a you're, guy you're on losing. Twitter single-handedly rivaling all the yeah. major news networks? You mean that guy? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not prepared to condemn them for this. Maybe they'll do the right thing and I'll see this in the morning. But I'm so tired of this. Like to this day, I still see this narrative of well, Trump endorses political violence and incites political violence. I'm sorry. The only violence I've seen has been people in his rallies, giving people the finger, calling them Nazis. And maybe they didn't throw the first punch, but you know, if I go into a bar and tap a guy on the shoulder and say like, Hey, fuck you. I expect yeah. to get punched in the face. I mean, that is the way it is. I've not seen a case where like, no, there was one. I think there was one case where like a hobo got beat up by some Trump guys. But for all we know, they were probably like posing as Trump guys to fake the whole thing because they love fake violence too. But the the amount of... The, there's very little unsolicited violence from Trump supporters to Trump opponents. The vast majority of the violence, including this case, is Trump opponents on Trump supporters. We've seen it the whole time. The media will never admit that the left has a problem with political violence this year. They absolutely yeah. do, but hopefully that'll Definitely. go away. Anyway, that's just a, you know, maybe it'll, at this point that could be a weekly bit. Hey, what's your leftist violence um, uh, bit of the week? That's this. Uh, I want to get to these emails because we do have some listener emails that I have not had time 
uh, to get to in there from some loyal listeners to the show. So with the remaining minutes, uh, we'll get to those. And I appreciate uh, you guys for waiting because I've been back and forth emailing with these guys like, ah, sorry, we couldn't do it this week. We'll get to it next week. And now is finally the time. So sorry about that. Remember, email the show anytime, beautyandthebait at gmail.com. Do our best to be as responsive as possible. So the first one comes from Nicholas. Uh, Do you think we can simplify or even eliminate identity politics by adamantly identifying ourselves as Americans rather than black Americans, gay Americans, young or old, female or whatever, um, and expanding the term American to be not only a country of which I'm a citizen, but a belief that no one deserves harm for being different in a way that is not criminal. I don't know. Sounds like nationalism to me. Sounds bad to me. (laughs) You want to take that? I have a feeling... You would agree with that goal, don't you? Yeah, I mean, the people that are the most divided are the people that are obsessed with identity politics. Like, who wants to be like, you're black, so you deserve this. You're white, so you deserve this. That's the left. I want everybody to be under the umbrella of Americans. I think that that really would, a sense of nationalism um, would really propel us away from identity politics because that would be our predominant identity. Yeah. Uh, all in favor of the exactly destruction of identity politics. I'm in favor, yeah. and I wish, I hope everyone will be in favor. Judge the individual by the merit of the individual. Let's just get to yep. that point in society. And and it does help to say, yeah, I'm an American, and um, I'm proud of I'm proud of my what American culture has cultivated and what it has brought to the world and all of that sort of thing. But to his point, I don't think American should mean white, black, gay, straight. It shouldn't mean any of these divisive identity politics issues. It's just the country in which you reside and the country to which you give your loyalty. That's it. That's definitely true. And I've heard Ann Coulter talk about this, how democracy is ineffective in in deeply ethnically fractured countries because people have a tendency to vote for their ethnicity above everything. And if our Hmm. ethnicity was our nation and was our culture, then we wouldn't constantly be at war with these identity politics. And I talk about this all the time. I'm not racist because I don't give a shit what color you are or what what you you know do in your life. I don't care if you're transgender. I don't care about any of that as long as we have an aligning value system and a high trust factor in society. I don't care about anything else. So when I talk about the black community, it's because they've adopted a value system that I disagree with, and that is causing the criminality. So this is why I'm not racist. I mean, I'm sick of this crap. But yeah, I think this is the way we need to go. We need to talk about how we're all Americans, and that's it. End of list. Who cares about anything else? He's got a really good uh, related question, too. Uh, And we'll probably go a little bit long if you're fine, because there's maybe... Uh, just a handful of questions to get through, but I want to spend a little bit of time on this. Do you think we can um, simplify or even eliminate identity politics by adamant? Oh, wait, sorry. Um, that's the one I just read. <laughs> he had another question. Did I forget to copy it in here? Oh, oh okay. it looks like you copied um, over it. Yeah. yeah okay. Like- so here it is in a free society. And he says, note, I'm black and opposed to racism. How much if any amount of racism should be permissible? Shouldn't people be allowed to believe whatever they want? Uh, even the wrong ideas isn't a bad idea punishing by itself. And I'm glad he hit on this because the amount of racism that should be allowed in our society is the amount of racism that the market of ideas allows. So we don't, we don't want racism banned. What we want is thought policing. You can't stop people from being racist. And it's also, what is the definition of racism? Because people fall into, um, I mean, they're tribalists. People want to be with people like them, which is why there's so much natural segregation. So are you going to punish people for wanting to be around people like them? Like if I saw a group yeah. of black people together, I wouldn't be like, why don't you hang out with any white people? I'd be like, those people are hanging out with who they want to hang out with. I don't yeah. care. Well, the, and the SJWs and I would probably uh, agree in opposition to say like the KKK's worldview. We probably agree that it's a bad worldview. Yeah. Where the SJWs and I differ is they would want to say the KKK can't march in the street, not allowed. Whereas I would say, let them march 
and protest and let them march and offer a counter uh, perspective that is better and, and rely on people being smart and people being reasonable enough to say, I think this idea is good and this one's bad. And, and we'll live in a post-racist society because people will have been thoughtful about racism is a bad idea as opposed to my mind has been programmed never to think <laughs> racist thoughts. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting... We're in dangerous waters with part of that question. Like how much is allowed? Well, all of it, none of it, whatever, whatever people, whatever's going on in their minds. I mean, yeah, we have no control over that, nor do I want to have control over that. People are, you know, the masters of their own of their own minds. Here's an interesting question from Jack. And I was trying to think about this too, because and it'll relate into an upcoming question too. Uh, where am I? Uh, what are your thoughts on George Bush's presidency? I recently had to write an essay on his address to Congress after 9-11 and became interested in him because of this. But no matter who I ask, I cannot seem to get an unbiased answer. I'm not sure we'll be able to provide an unbiased answer, but some thoughts maybe. And, and so I thought to ask you, as you are to many a model of objectivity and reasonability. Well, that those words are far too kind. And I would they say they're probably not. They must be talking to you. <laughs> That's true. I think it is addressed, Mr. Christensen. <laughs> Like that doesn't um, sound like me at all. So yeah, I think it might have come to my inbox as opposed to the media <laughs> in the beta inbox. I'm not sure. Um, I, I was thinking about this because this will relate to the next question. One of the things that got me interested in politics and what formulated my political view, and I've said this a, a couple times, but when I started thinking about politics, that was kind of when the Iraq war was starting. And I was in high school and it was cool to hate Bush and hate the war. And, and, and at the time, I, you know, I thought he was scum of the earth. And I still do think that the way the Iraq war was handled uh, and the leading up to it was probably not great. Uh, I, I, I don't know enough about to say it. Was it a mistake definitively? But clearly Iraq is in a mess currently and it's not in good shape currently. So I, I'm, whether it's Bush's fault, whether it's Obama and Hillary's fault, yeah. along the lines, mistakes have been made. I was thinking and about... the Bushes so, aren't true conservatives anyway. Um, with no. with, with the, that in mind that I like hated him, I tried to think in my head, what are some things that I might admire him for now? Um, after the fact, uh, and there, and there were a couple things, uh, I put down notes so I wouldn't forget. Um, oh, he, he's totally right. I used to hate when he said like high school, me hated when he would say stuff like the hate us for our freedom talking about Islam. And I thought that was so stupid. Like, oh, they hate us for our freedom. It's become pretty clear that, That's that true. Islamic yeah. culture does not like freedom and would like to destroy freedom. So he was right about that. Maybe he didn't phrase it the best, but hey, Trump doesn't phrase things the best either. And he's also right about a lot of things. So I I wish I, at the time, I would have taken what he had to say about Islamic culture a little bit more seriously, even though he was saying terrorists and not Islamic culture, and he was careful with politically correct words and all this stuff. But he was right on those things, and I should have listened to it more. But I don't. I think but, that that was political, a political strategy. I don't think that he was actually vehemently against Islam, although he's pretty yeah. Christian. And he's also the guy that thought we could just go in and put a democracy into Islamic culture and it'd be And it fine. would be okay. Yeah. Like he clearly has no understanding of Islam. He thought that so, we were just going to be able to prance in and, and set up a democracy there. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but I will say this. As a former president, class act. And he has a lot of respect for the system, I think. Um, and I've not, I don't think I've heard him criticize this administration really much at all. I've not heard him get terribly political other than I think he's done some speeches for Jeb, but I mean, he's not, he, I don't think he's interjected. I think he has let the Obama administration basically run its course without being unduly intrusive. And I think he's been a class act as a former president and I would applaud him for that. Um, and I, I wonder if that's going to be the case for Obama. Cause I could see Obama like 
definitely sticking his nose in a few things. <laughs> like, especially if Trump wins, I could definitely see Obama not respecting the tradition of just kind of shutting up as the former president. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. He's, I do think Obama is, is for the most part, um, you know, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, I think most of the, most of the time he seems to be a pretty respectful guy. Some people would dispute that. I would hope that he follows the Bush tradition of just shutting the hell up <laughs> once it's over, but maybe not. I don't know. Those are my thoughts on, on W. Do you have any uh, other things you'd like to say about I mean, him. I don't trust anybody in the Bush dynasty, especially now that they are for Hillary. Um, mm. So, yeah, I just I just don't trust any of the Bushes. He was into big government. Is he responsible for Common Core? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know he uh, centralized education and he's responsible know, for he's responsible for the war. Certainly. I think he's also um, the Medicare Part D was under him as well. Right. So we had expansion of the government's role in health care. Yeah, I don't um, like any of this. No true conservative. Well, I don't know if that's true. Republicans are not really a reflection of what conservatism really is. Hmm. Well, interesting because they say the same thing about Trump. <laughs> I mean, if you if you preserve constitutional values, you're going to be closer to conservatism than anything we can look at today. I mean, look at like Paul Ryan and McCain. These these guys might as well be Clintons. I don't know. I mean, to me, that's the most important thing, because I thought we all agreed on the Bill of Rights values. I thought we agreed on free speech. I thought we agreed on presumption of innocence. I thought we agreed on due process. And for the most part, I thought we did agree on the right to bear arms within a spectrum. But now right. even that is like, nope, ban them all. Yep. Um, that is, I don't care about what our um, economic debates are, what our foreign policy debates are, if we don't agree on those values, which are then Pretty it's good. Yeah. They've been through the, the historical world test of these cultivated good society or not. Pretty good job those values did. So important to maintain. Okay. Uh, last question comes from Jack. And the latter half of the question, I'm not sure I understand fully. So we might have to defer it and get in touch with him um, by email. But he says, thanks for the great show. Well, thank you for listening. Um, and he is wondering if there's anything specific that got us interested in the political arena. Was there a specific politician that inspired you? This is kind of what I was talking about earlier. Or were you just tired of the rhetoric? Uh, and then he talks a little bit about the Canadian model of government against the U.S. model of government and the, the way that Canada still has a role for the queen, whereas we don't. I'm going to defer the question on the Canadian government uh, because both of us would just be BSing if we're talking about the Canadian government. We system. talked about it before the show and established that we both don't know anything. About but um, yeah, yeah. I, I just I, I would be lying if I if I said I could do a compared a comparative governmental discussion on U yeah. U.S. versus Canada. All I know is Canada got Justin Trudeau in power. So your system sucks. You say it's the best. It sucks. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. No, I'm just Rama kidding. Of teacher, course. Justin Trudeau. Yeah. But he's so um, handsome, Skag. Come on. No, don't care. He's awful. <laughs> he is absolutely awful. Cancer. Justin Trudeau, the guy who goes to the mosque to, you know, dance and around with the sisters upstairs. Yeah. All the women are upstairs. Then he goes to a feminist parade after that, you know, and talks about the need for equality. Meanwhile, he won't talk about the need for equality in the mosque. Anyway, don't want to rip on Canada. That's not the purpose here. What got me into politics, as I said, was a, ne a, a dislike of Bush. But I don't know that I have a politician who inspired me. Maybe, maybe you have um, someone who inspired you positively. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't really a politician. I guess I was kind of apathetic until I started becoming very concerned about the creeping threat of Islam. And I read the Quran at Mizzou. Um, and that also just 
frightened me. And I was like, wow, we have a real political problem on our hands, a real global problem. And then that kind of, if you deal with Islam on like global scale and how it's bleeding into Western countries, then you're going to deal with a lot of other topics like feminism. Um, and then uncovering feminism and how, you know, it's really negatively affected my life and a lot of the people I know that kind of propelled me into a more political arena. So it's, yeah. it's, and it's my, my trip to Europe this last year too, just seeing Paris, like just almost destroyed by Muslims and the Bataclan happening immediately after I left, like a week later, it's like, you know, places that the West built that, that we love, that we cherish, we're allowing them to be destroyed because we feel guilty about something that, you know, we didn't even do. Our ancestors may or may not, you know, it's, it's like, it seems insane to me that we're not going to preserve our culture. And that just became like priority number one, cultural preservation. And that's why I started the channel. Yeah, isn't that interesting that we both have kind of influence of, in, we were influenced by an urge to resist basically. <laughs> like, and that's, so Bush got me because I was like, no, this guy's wrong. Like everything about him is wrong. Yeah. And I need to like educate myself and become civic minded and all this stuff and become a flaming liberal only to correct that course later. But the, the, what's got me to reconsider and reignite, I've always been a political, uh, consumer of political theater. I love to watch the show, but this last year has reignited that passion even more in part because it's election year and there's a lot at stake, but also in part because that net, that influence of resistance has been reignited by all the social justice warriors and the regressive left and the people trying to silence everyone. I'll never forget watching that Trump rally in Chicago that they shut down with violence and Nazi signs and stuff. And that's when like something went off in my head. I was like, okay, whoa. I mean, maybe Trump's not cool, but like this is this is scum of the earth degeneracy. I know, I know. This is awful. The, Isn't the, it amazing what people can allow themselves to do to you if they believe that you are racist? This just oh, goes yeah. back to Daniel Hill and the Riverfront Times. They will yeah. put out, you know, they don't care if like I suffer or if my family gets hurt or attacked or our income is lost because they believe I'm a racist. So nothing else matters. Anything yeah. goes now. Or they'll throw a Molotov in an office in North Carolina. But it doesn't matter because you got to do it. It's, lady it's their San Jose. moral implication to deal with, with, with racism. There might be some um, legal resolution to that. Bryden broke a story. Bryden's getting a lot of mentions. We shouldn't we shouldn't give him so much pub. Um, but Brian Bryden broke a story this week about some of the legal resolutions that those San Jose victims might get. Those people who were targeted mm -hmm. at the San Jose yeah. Trump rally for no other reason than they, they supported Trump. By the way, last mention on the left's problem with political violence or political vandalism, or whatever you want to call it. There was a Trump rally, I believe, in Maine which I'm surprised he was campaigning up there. If that's true, I guess it's more competitive than I would think, but it might've been in another state. So correct me if I'm wrong, but Trump rally, go to the Trump rally, have a fun time, make America great again, you know, wave your hands, wear your MAGA hats, everybody cheers. You go to your car to go home at night. What had been done? Spray paint all over the cars. You're a racist. You're this, you're that the level of hatred and vitriol to, to want to go to would, you fairly fair to state you hate Hillary, right? I mean, let's be blunt. You, you yeah. hate Hillary yeah. and you probably, if someone tells you I'm a Hillary supporter, there's some kind of gut reaction in you. They're like, ugh, and you want to tell them they're wrong or something. Yeah. But I'm not going to be like, I'm going to go, you know, vandalize your personal property or yeah, send would you strangers do after your family. If there no, was but a that's Hillary... the difference in the left and the right. They think that they have, this moral duty to stop racism. They are programmed to think that racism is the problem and is causing all these subsequent problems. Yeah. Well, they would answer Nick's question a lot differently. How much racism should be allowed? None. And if we even suspect it, yeah, we're going to vandalize your property. We're going to harm you. 
We're going to try it's to get you fascism. This is the left has just become totally fascist. You say who, what we want or we are going to come after you. We're going to come after your stuff. We're going to come after your family. Riverfront Times. Riverfront yeah, River Times, which yeah. I hope there is resolution to it. I would like to host them You know them on they're the show. not going to get yeah, back to you. I know. I've been trying to get a hold of them for days to get like, you know, comment about this. They can't do anything. They're just going to taunt me on Twitter. Right. You know. And you might not be the first one. That was one thing I forgot to share. I'll share it in closing oh, here before true. we round okay. out the show. There was also this um, friend of the show, Dan Irish, who's always sending us dank memes and, you know, cool stuff. Thank you, Dan Irish. He okay. sent us um, something else. Where is it? Okay, so this is a Yelp review of the Riverfront Times. And we haven't confirmed this. Beauty and the Beta has not independently confirmed the accuracy of this Yelp review. But this guy says, I learned about yellow journalism in college. This is some yellow journalism. The only reason this publication would start taking shots at its ad base uh, is to stir up controversy, blah, blah, blah. They have taken shots at my family, my places of work, and also a local radio station. It was all a smear campaign to generate attention. So if that's what you're looking for, um, or if you know that, uh, if you know that going into it, then you can enjoy this paper for what it's worth. Baseless entertainment. So there might be and that someone... is something to be said though. The riverfront times has like a real, um, like tabloid quality. It's like further left than the HuffPo and it doesn't have any credibility in St. Louis. I mean, people read it and like hobos use it to wipe their ass and that's pretty much it. <laughs> hobos refuse it. Oh, yeah. No, ugh, no. no, no, please move along. I'm a St. No. Louis post dispatch kind of guy. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. that's all I got. I just want to say in closing that I am not going to make this video saying that I lied about the doxing um, and any subsequent doxing threats, any kind of blackmail that I get. Um, I've decided when this happened that I'm going to face all that head on because we should not have to be bullied for having opinions. This is crazy that a journalist, a journalist is coming after my family because I said something that offended him about his hometown, trying yeah. to get people to come after my family. We can't allow this to happen. Um, so I encourage you to contact the Riverfront Times. We'll put their information in the description. Also contact their parent company, Euclid Media Group, um, which I will be doing tomorrow and a few others. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. And, and I'd like and, to know, you know what they have to say about this. I mean, if they have no control over their journalists and he's just arbitrarily tweeting out personal information about, you know, about family and stuff like that, then that's something that needs to be dealt with. And if they knew, then that's even worse. Yep. Just come on the show. Just come on the show. show. We'll all yeah. hug it out. He said, I don't want to come on your stupid show. Yeah. Well, that tweet too. It'd be a huge shout out for you, Dan Hill. Maybe someone would read your article if you yeah. came on the show. Anyway, that's the great irony, though, is we've given him traffic. He's given us traffic. So. I know. I know. Thanks. Thank you, Appreciate by the way. It. I'm up several thousand subscribers um, because of the Riverfront Times article. And I've been contacted from people from St. Louis that are like, I left St. Louis because it was so terrible. Thank you for speaking the truth. And I've been getting that response more than any other response. So... <laughs> Sorry, Riverfront Times. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll round it out. Uh, special thanks to our emailers. So that was Nick. Um, we had Nick, Jack, and Zachary. Um, Zachary. So appreciate the emails. Always, you can email us anytime. And we do our best to do a great job. I do a great job of responding. Blonde, sometimes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so much hate mail. Actually, it's mostly good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Thanks, as always, to our live viewers and our live chatters uh, who keep us honest shitposting away while we try to maintain uh, some level of sincerity. If you're listening on YouTube or on an audio platform, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there's more material, including the new call-in shows on the audio platform, so check those out. iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, all linked conveniently down in the description. 
And you can always email us, like I said, beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. And we're doing that special live call-in show Wednesday night right after the debate. So uh, watch the debate. Come on to uh, our channel. Call us up. Tell us what you think. We'll be back with the main show next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd. He does not meet the press. It's Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then. And tonight, and tonight, it's her, babe.